There's all these fat middle-aged men out here with snowblowers. Talk and audio. It's graceful and beautiful and physical and angry all at the same time. Were you idiot? Your mind would cave in and your heart would explode within your chest. This is going to be a shame. Here we go! Away we go, another week of Talk and Audio. What's happening, everybody? Welcome inside the TCA studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. Matt Robinson, Rob Christie. What's going on, man? It's a beautiful, beautiful Sunday here in Bytown. Post-snow? Yeah, comparatively speaking, I guess, to a less than beautiful Saturday. Uh, I felt pretty good about it. Yeah. How'd the shoveling go? Any hernias to report? Any? Uh... Well, it's, it's, it's funny you should ask, mm. Matt. I'm going to channel my... You let your partner do it? I'm going to channel my inner lever sage here and tell you about all my old man ailments. <laughs> uh, coming home, I wasn't here on the show. Thank you, Steve Lloyd, for uh, more than capably filling yeah, in. Yeah, ably substituting. Yep. Um, down for a little family gathering in Peterborough and mm-hmm. took it easy. Not bad, not bad. Woke up feeling good, but I, a strange bed. You know what it's like when you wake up and I felt a little something low back. Right. Drive home in the car. It's about three, three and a half hours. Start shoveling the laneway a bit because the this person- This last weekend. Yeah, yeah. The person who was in the house sort of did a half-assed job. Mm. Kids today. Yeah, not even kids. No. 80-year-old women. <laughs> <laughs> Damn them. Yeah. So anyways- Do better. Do a little shoveling and then I'm like, oh, what is that? And it's in my low back and it's just as You know the early warning signs? You're like, it doesn't hurt, but you're like- there's a tweak. Hey, this is future pain talking. Yeah. I'm just letting you know. I'll see you soon. Yeah. I got, <laughs> I got inside the house and I grab an empty laundry basket and I throw it on the bed and I sort of bend over to take my sock off. <gasps> Bam! Out! Like I couldn't, <laughs> I, I couldn't get off the ground. My low back was so sore. Like seriously, I, I, I it was all I could do to sort of roll over and get on the bed, but I was like, I want to be one of those, uh, I've fallen <laughs> yeah. and I can't get up. Yeah. Like that. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've cut that off in the exact way. Right. Cause that is, and, and you know what? I was channeling my inner that guy. Cause that is how it sounded. So when the snow came yesterday mm-hmm. and I know I traditionally like to rail on about snowblower. Scraping guy, right to the concrete. Right down. Mm, yep. Get it right down. And so, uh, Yeah. I was out of commission. Mm. And so the better half. So you called the 80 year old woman. Back. Nope. Nope. No. But the better half did it. Yeah. And, um, and that was all fine and good. Mm-hmm. She did a fantastic job. Right. Um, then. Did she walk across the street, pay 20 bucks to a 15 year old or nope, something? Nope. Nope. She was out there doing it. And she actually said. Cause that's a great strategy. She's like, that. there's all these, there's all these fat middle-aged men out here with their snow blowers. And I'm like, yes, that's my girl right there, man. <laughs> Taking shots at snowblower guy. But then the plow went by. Mm-hmm. And again, we're on a corner Just of, buried, of, of yeah. a crescent. It, it had to be three feet high and three feet deep. Like it was, how you doing? <laughs> and I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. And now she's looking at me because she was chastising me earlier. <gasps> you can't do this. No, I'm going to do this. <laughs> then, the, then the end gets packed in and she's like. Get up, stupid. <laughs> so I, I really appreciate that you normally, anyways, I said to her, you're going to get out there and one of Give these- a good pep talk. <laughs> one of these guys is going to see the woman with the ponytail out yep. there and is going to come over 
and is going to one help. of the guys that you were just yep yep <laughs> so heartlessly yeah railing against. It doesn't change. It's yeah. it's, it's not me. Um, <laughs> so she gets out there. I go about doing something. Two minutes later, she comes back in and says, "It's done." Yeah. And I'm like, "What?" And she's like, "Yeah, I went to put the first shovel in. A guy comes by in a plow, honks, waves me off." Drives it into the snowbank and drives away. <laughs> Good guy. And do you know how many times I've been out there? And, that's, and, and I knew that that was going to happen. Yeah. Nope. Just one foul swoop, bang, drives it all into the snowbank and it's done. <laughs> and I'm like, good for that guy. Yep. Thank you, buddy. Yep. But where are you at? The other 95 times sitting, when it's me. Sitting at the corner laughing and watching. Yeah, it. exactly. <laughs> Look at this guy. <laughs> Anyways, it's all done. So that was last weekend. No, that's, sorry. That we was, skipped ahead that was, Yeah, that was, yeah. The last weekend. you were milking it. The last weekend was just, <laughs> yeah, was, I hate it. No, no, to me, that is my, that's my deal. Okay. This is the thing, yeah, you can hear Rob working away over there. I don't mind hearing about your ailments and Versage's ailments, but you got to get into the beer first because sometimes these stories are. Uh, Long-winded whoremasters. <laughs> yeah, whoremasters, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's the term we'll, uh, we'll go with. So uh, these pints today. Come from Flora Hall, who we've had once or twice on the show, but not that often. Like, haven't had that much from Flora Hall. They're big on the IPAs, eh? They are. And I think we talked about this last time, like, me being highly suggestible, like, judging a book by its cover kind of thing. And the name, Flora Hall, for whatever reason, makes me think, like, floral IPAs and, and stuff like that. And I have time for that, but it's not what I'm always in the mood for. And so I was trying to decide where the uh, the first order was going to come from here in January and... Sounds like it's all right over yeah, there. That's right. Just a little bit spilled on my finger. Yeah, okay. like, ah. um, so I was just trying to decide where the, the first order of the year was going to come from. And I'm, I'm going to check their website and just see what they got going. And they had a lot of cool stuff going on. So uh, I've placed an order from, from there. But it came with uh, or included in the order. This is a 9.5% Imperial Stout with coconut and vanilla. 100% getting that. Okay. So... They also have just the straight up Imperial Stout, 9.5%. I bought uh, one of those as well, but uh, you know me, I, I kind of like the sweet stuff in the beer now and then, especially in a stout. So grab two of these to uh, to try on the show. Um, I have certainly never had a stout from Flora Hall before. I was actually, again, probably because I'm judging a book by its cover and it's not even their cover. It's the cover that I have perceived in my own mind. I uh, didn't know they did stouts. So I was excited when I saw this one. So Flora is the street. Okay. It's on Flora, Flora Avenue, Flora Street. Yeah, over in the Glebe. Yeah. So Glebians. So Flora is the, is, oh. Yep. Okay. See, I just, I threw mine, like, because something about a, a bottle top gives you that devil may care attitude. You yeah, well, it. once you were able to peel through the the this, wax that was is, surrounding the the bottle. I, I, I love the, uh, I don't know, the old school feel to it. Yeah. But yeah, it had thick wax, not like aluminum foil or anything. It was, and so Matt and I are, so mine is actually feels like it's about 10 degrees warmer. Honestly, because yeah, we had our hands on them, like trying to work the wax off. And, uh, Just to expose the bottle cap <laughs> for showtime. We're like, and I thought, okay, you know what? I feel like I'm still under wax, but am I under bottle cap? You're trying to peel it away. Yeah, I peeled it all away. And then I am getting big time. At first I'm like, is this like. Butterscotch, is it caramel? But it's super coconut. Yep. That's what it is, right? Yep. With a bit of vanilla back end and and that nice sort of black licorice feel that yeah. that uh that a, that an imperial comes with. But 
but I would say stopping just short of boozy. Like this one doesn't come off. No, I'm not getting boozy from this. And often you do when you get up close to 10%, right? And you're right. It does kind of have the black licorice flavor. It's not really a flavor. It's more of a A feel, a texture. texture. Yep. Um, Well, I'm drinking mine out of a fantastic glass (laughs) as I hear you chugging it like a rummy in the, in the alley. That's what I do, man. (laughs) Minus the brown paper bag. (laughs) <laughs> if I had one, uh, yeah, you know what? I'm enjoying it because, like I said, uh, the, the black licorice thing is pretty common in an imperial stout. For that sure texture, that fit, but often it trends towards t- tasting kind of boozy. And I'm not getting that, so I I, I like that. Um, it has a f- it has a festive finish, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I would say, at the end of it, it finishes kind of with a. I wonder if this was brewed kind of with the holidays yeah, in mind. Perhaps I don't know. Perhaps, uh, but I am enjoying it. But. So. As I'd said to you, I, I have a pile of, of beer that has come to me through the holidays, right? That's, that's a go-to gift for me. Sure. Yeah. Same. And it seems to lean heavily this time of year towards Imperials. So I probably have a backlog of about six or seven. Right. So on the, on the pre-show pint today, I thought, okay, this is a pretty standard Wellington Imperial. Comes in at about 9.5, but yep. I'll, I'll, I'll take down an Imperial pre-show. <laughs> And it was, yeah, it was halfway through that, that you were like, okay, I hope you enjoy it. Cause another you got another one coming. coming at you. Yeah. So here we are. This will be, uh. Um, you brought the back end pints, the second half pints. Second we'll, half we'll pints. We'll pump the brakes there a little on the. We the will. We're actually but... going with, uh, alcohol free beer. Oh, well, you'll enjoy that. I'll, uh, yeah. <laughs> not so much. Nada. Uh, stick around later on this week. We're going to talk to our buddy, Nick Ashbourne. Who, uh, How long do I have to stick around for? Do I have to stay you, here? You can go. Okay. No, you cannot stay here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Nick's been on a few times before, obviously uh, writes on the Jays quite a bit. This year he's covering a little more of the Leafs. We've also uh, heard him or seen him write quite a bit about different uh, summer beers, you know, summer craft beers in Toronto. Oh, he wrote the uh, he wrote the article on, was it different breweries? Different craft breweries yeah. in Toronto, yeah. Best patios for the summer. Uh, he's done a couple different uh, articles like that. So we're going to talk to Nick later in the week. And uh, next Saturday, big UFC card in Toronto. 297. And uh, so our buddy Bund is going to come in this week, talk a little about that. Plus, I'm sure he'll have some takes on uh, on this weekend's wild card round in the NFL. Uh, you and I don't have a whole lot on that because it's not over yet. Uh, as you and I sit here Sunday afternoon. Uh, but we could probably start with what happened with the Bills. But my house was, not me personally, mm-hmm. but the house was totally dialed into the- The Chiefs? The Chiefs-Dolphins I game. watched most of that. Well, actually, no, I didn't. I watched the end of that after the Leaf game. I should have watched. So there was shouting about what a sleigh outfit Taylor was wearing. <laughs> right. I forgot. This is the Taylor game. <laughs> Which is like, fine. Sleigh outfit. What kind of, what, what, what makes this outfit a sleigh? She's like, she's got a puffy red- Chief's jacket that says Kelsey on it. And I'm it's like. pretty cold. Yeah, I know. But I'm like, is she wearing anything under the puffy Ooh, red? Yeah. <laughs> like I'm picturing, I'm picturing a warm up. Like, um, you know, you see the, the guys on the sidelines. Anyways. Yeah, like the sweatsuit or the. Yeah, yeah. Just, just this big puffy jacket, right? Yeah. And that can go over your equipment. Yeah. Anyways. And she's like, yeah, yeah. Black pants in black. And I'm like, it's a sleigh outfit. You're slaying it over there, Matt. I know. That's what I do. Keep going. Okay. Uh, (laughs) I I had sort of forgotten. Proceed. Uh, I guess by the time I tuned in for the third and fourth quarter, they had sort of reached their Swifty quota. quota. Yeah. 
because uh, I don't remember hearing a whole lot about it. There, you know, she gets flashed up on the screen now and then when there's a big play. But yeah, they rolled over the Dolphins, and I, I don't know. This I, I didn't really have this on the list of things to talk. But do you buy anything into? Because we do it in the CFL a little bit as well. But like, oh, it's a big advantage because Kansas City, you know, Miami's used to the warm weather, and you're like, well, the guys who play for Kansas City did not necessarily grow up playing this like yeah maybe the f- if dolphins fans were going to be dropped into the stands next to kansas city fans i can tell you which fan base would be more comfortable but i always wonder about like they're probably a little bit more used to it but the idea that it's like this whopping home field advantage just because it's snowing like buffalo we talked about minnesota before they moved into uh their don't like new england i i always wonder whether or not there's actually that big of an advantage because cleveland cincinnati sure but like these guys didn't grow right. up playing winter now, football. Now, when you have a quarterback who is Hawaiian <laughs> and who I believe he was a quarterback at Alabama, I'm yeah, like, I, I, I'm not sure he spent. He's a, feeling it. <laughs> I'm not sure he spent a pile of time in in northern. That's clubs. fair. Yeah. Um, now, clearly, there are you know games that they have to play, but I think it's overrated. I think it's overblown. The, like it's probably a thing, but not the. It's as big a thing, maybe. As you've suggested, right? How many of those guys that that are on the Dolphins went to the Ohio State Mm -hmm. or Michigan or Penn State or that or Notre Dame or wherever? And as you suggest, how many Kansas City guys played at Alabama or USC or Florida State, sure, whatever, right? So I I don't know that it's a a thing, but it's become a bit of a thing in Buffalo, and they had to poke, poke, dunk today, Junior. Um, they postponed their game to Monday. Not a guess came at the instruction of the governor of New York. Um, governor Sunday afternoon, Buffalo was about to get slammed with uh, another storm. And so they decided they didn't want to play the game there for gameplay reasons, but also, you know, trying to get 70,000 people in and out of Orchard Park. So they've rescheduled it for 430 on Monday. Like, I'm sure yeah. CBS isn't happy about the broadcast. I'm sure the, the league isn't the happy. The list will certainly be going on then. <laughs> uh, the old and the useless, as it gets called in our house. Yeah, or the reruns of Welcome Back, Carter. Like, what's sure. happening with those? <laughs> uh, but one of the debates or arguments that sort of come up is this idea of we're Buffalo. Like, we play in the elements, right? New England is one of the, Well, we just named all the teams that are used to yep. playing outdoors and that, that don't want Chicago. a dome. Right. And at this moment, not at the specific moment. As of recording, yeah, this but, is not happening. No, but also they're building a new stadium in Buffalo and it is not domed. Like, we just saw Minnesota build a new stadium. It has a retractable roof, right? Or it is a, yep. a dome. Detroit. When they Ford Field went, uh, you know, has a has a dome. So you're seeing some of these northern teams go this way, and Buffalo elected not to. And one of the arguments that was made, and one of the big arguments, was football in Buffalo is meant to be played in the elements. That's part of our culture. That's part of what we do. And they've now had to postpone because of it. And we just saw that in I think it was November twenty. 22, yeah. they moved uh, they a regular move season the, game. They had to move it to Cincinnati. Uh, to Detroit. Detroit. They did move to Detroit. It was a Cleveland uh, ga- uh, game versus Buffalo that moved right. to Detroit. And I just wonder, like, I, you can't force them to build a dome. Was you it must s- do this. Was it stupid to not build a dome? Like, a, 
Because it, it does feel like yeah, the planet is warming up. That doesn't necessarily mean we won't get more winter. It apparently means just the weather we do get will be worse, right? Whatever you're used to is going to be more extreme. So I don't envision a scenario where Buffalo suddenly becomes, at least in the foreseeable future, a balmy, you know, southern climate. Tropical. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what it does guarantee is you'll never host a Super Bowl, yep. no matter how new your stadium is, because yep. uh, we don't seem to want to do that. No. Um, no, they'll go play in college stadiums if they're in nicer climates before they'll play in, in NFL markets. Yep. Like. So you, you do have, um, what never changes is snow is lake effect. Yeah. And anybody, you know, and I, I believe most people listening, um, will have been down through Buffalo down to Syracuse on this side. Right. Yep. It's just, you can, have, you can be in Toronto and have five centimeters. Yep. Right. And, Buffalo could be getting two feet, right? Like it's yeah. just, it's incredible. Well, my it, mom and my sister just before Christmas drove down in December to do some shopping. Schenectady? <laughs> Finger Lakes? <laughs> so crossed at uh, a thousand islands or six islands, depending on who you ask. And I only see four. <laughs> so they're driving along and it's fine and it's fine and it's fine. And then for like 20 minutes, it yeah. is a blizzard. You can't see there are literally like feet of snow yeah. falling. Going down 81. I had to stop, you know, pull over, wait it out, get back on that, drive another 20 minutes and there's nothing again. Yeah. Like it's just kind of right there along the lake. And, and if you get in, if so you make that right at Syracuse and head west out towards Rochester or, you know, where all the outlet malls are yes, in that area. Exactly. And so it seemed like there was about a five year period where one of my two kids were going to a tournament in either Watertown or whatever that town is over wherever, um, I'm going to screw up his name. The guy, he was, it was a hab. Anyways, there was a guy who played from there. Right Thomas Eric. <laughs> no. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. He's an American guy. Yeah, yeah, but he was on that side of the river. Anyways, it gets a shit ton of snow. Yeah. And every year we would go down and it would be super sketchy. What's going to happen between the Canadian border and Watertown or Syracuse, right? right. Like it was just going to be so much more snow than yep. on this side of the border. And so for all those people like, oh, Canada, <laughs> blah, where's your, where's your igloos and shit? <laughs> yeah, guess what? Right. Those people like immediately across the border get so much more snow. Yep. But I, I, I think there is something to be said for, I think for us as fans, it's a nice spectacle. Sure. Right. Like, like you and I at Grey Cup here, 2017. Yep. Snowing, cold, my beer is freezing in my hand. <laughs> right. Like all that. A couple like, winter classics. Yeah. Too, it, that were it's cold and it's a thing, but it's not, it's not really great for the product. No. And like, you're seeing people complaining about this game specifically, that Buffalo is supposed to be, and it's mostly Steeler fans, that this game is specifically affected because Buffalo is more of a passing team. team. Yeah. And so if you'd have forced them to play Sunday in 20, 20 mile an hour wins or whatever versus Monday when it's supposed to be a little calmer, you're favoring them. 60, 60 to 65 mile an hour wins, a hundred K wins and up to two feet of snow between Friday and Monday. Yeah, I guess the one thing that you can't argue with is like, even if it was a dome, the safety concerns of the driving there. You're still trying huge, to get 70 grand in there. And like, there, there's been talk of, of like how many state and local deputies and cops 
work the roads, work security, and that you're going to need shoveling out instead and like helping with other emergencies that are going to come up. Special duty, though, they love that, Matt. Don't 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 I'm keep, sure. don't kid yourself. I I just I do wonder if if there was something kind of stupid I guess, about yeah. we're building a new stadium anyway. It's going to cost us over two billion dollars by the time it's all it's estimated at one point seven. It's already three hundred million over budget, and they're barely six months into building the thing. I like whether or not you should have just, this is a thing for us. It's going to be a thing for us always. It might get worse. Just put a fucking roof on it. Yeah. Or, or do you like, I know you said like it, there is something quaint as the person sitting on the couch yep. watching them play in the snow, but whether they would have been smarter to just build a fucking dome. Yeah. I think with, with the improvements we've made now in terms of retractable roofs, yeah. those sorts of things, because cold is fine. Like, like Kansas city yeah, yep. on Saturday night. Yep. Cold is Tay Tay can tough it out, so can the players. Yeah, big puffy red jacket, man. It's <laughs> slay. Yeah. Um okay. it's one of the lamer things, yeah. man, honestly. And not just yeah. me, it in general. <laughs> um but, but you using it isn't helping. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. Hundo P Matt. Oh my god. <laughs> Don't do it. Um Dank. Also another thing that the kids are dropping all the time now. Love dank though. We've used that on the show before. There's a lot of beers that are described. Yeah, themselves they love it. Tropical dank. and dank. dank. Yeah. Seems nobody wants to hang out in a dank pit no more. You ain't thinking of getting rid of the dank, are you, Mo? Ah, uh, maybe I am. Oh, but Mo the dank. The dank. Bro. Everything is bro now too. It's... That part's not new though. Yeah, no, it's not. But yeah. douchebag. How about douchebag? Okay. Oh, I love douchebag. Throw you, douchebag around quite a bit. Fucking douchebag. Yeah. It's perfect. It feels yeah, good. Yeah. I like to say it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, a retractable roof. Yeah. Just just have something now that will keep the snow off the field. Because well, Friday night, the Bills tweeted out a link where you could sign up to come and shovel for them. Because they That's were going no. to pay you 20 bucks an hour. And uh, if you're a fan... I'm a good municipal employee. Yeah, it's 20, I'm not getting off my couch. <laughs> <laughs> but like, if you're a fan who's never been down at field level, like maybe it is an opportunity, right? There's a bunch of hardcore Bills fans out there. We're going to come and we're going to shovel the concourse. We're going to shovel. Okay, the, that's a good point though. Yeah. That it's an experience and they will pay me. Um, you know, so whatever you come, they, they did ask you if you, they wanted you to register and please, if you can bring your own shovel. Um, we are not supplying <laughs> shovels or mitts or toques. <laughs> So like, oh, it's cool. it is, I would have thought that though, for some people would have been like a cool thing, right? Like I got nothing else yeah, to do on a Saturday night. I'll go help shovel out Ralph Wilson or it's not called Highmark stadium now, Ridgefield. whatever the hell it is. It was a new era for a while. New era. Yeah. But listen, I had my kids for a couple of years. The senators were offering, um, hockey camps yeah. at the CTC run by former senators. So you'd have goalies. It was Ron Tugnut. Tugger. Uh, the D was being run by very short time Ottawa Senator Jason Smith. Oh, wow. Uh, and I think it was, I think it was, um, Whitey, um, Todd White, Todd White running the forwards, I think. Okay. So I had a kid who was a forward and a kid who was a D in the camp and you got to go down, you got to dress in, in one of the big league change rooms and I'm on the, I'm on the bench and to, to, to be in a, in an NHL arena on the benches. Yeah. And look at the stadium. Super cool, it man. Is, man yeah. So I certainly see something novel about the draw it. to it, right? Yeah. To, to go, I've been in a million arenas, but an NHL arena to be on the bench is a very specific 
experience. Experience, for sure. So if I got to get down onto, yeah, the field and if I'm a passionate guy and well, I'm a passionate guy, <laughs> but I'm a passionate Bills fan, Yeah. right? Now, you know what happens in the snow? You know what is better is if you're going to power bomb me through a, <laughs> a table through a, a, a table on fire. <laughs> I'd like to land in a snowbank. And maybe not too bad, two feet of snow, right? Like it, Bill's Mafia is, fair. is probably thinking that's not the worst idea. Any, you know, major complaints? Like this is sort of out of your hands, but like whoever wins that game has two days less rest going into next weekend's playoff game. It's sort of unavoidable, but. Steelers are really worried about that. <laughs> well. It, I, I don't know what else you'd do about it, right? Like, well, and it, other than it, I guess it, you could push. It may be there. It could be there, yes, but you will have less rest. Yeah, I don't. I, that's because I think that game is Saturday, as opposed to even not even getting till Sunday. Okay, right? so yeah. you're playing Monday and then playing Saturday. But I just don't know what you ask the league to do. You could have moved. There was a couple places they talked about moving this one. I think one was. Um, Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Carrier Dome in Syracuse. Sure. <laughs> That'd be fun. Love it. Move it to the Dome in Toronto. Yeah, but then you got to charge 300 bucks a seat and it's it's a big hassle. You do. You have to do that. You yeah. have to, man. You do. <laughs> but, so that was the only other thing on the table. It was apparently the, the governor of New York who said, like, don't do that. We want to keep this here. Is he still a Cuomo? No, it's a woman. I forget her name now. Okay. Uh, all Cuomo's out. I've had enough of that. Yes, no Cuomo. Exactly. No Cuomo. <laughs> no Cuomo. Um, so I just, I don't know how, what what you wanted them to do other than just force everybody to play through it and have 60,000 people try and drive to a stadium in the middle of a blizzard. I I guess you could have done that, but. Yeah, I'm surprised actually when I heard that they canceled it. I don't know why when they're talking about 60 centimeters of snow. Yeah. Um, and howling wind, like blizzard conditions. Right. And we throw that around a lot, but yeah, 100 kilometer an hour winds with two feet of snow. Tough going, man. That's a blizzard. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess it's for safety, right? Public safety. Yep. Right. You need to have the road. I think the league would have played. I think right. it was the local officials that said, we can't have 60,000 people trying to get here. Because let's be honest, there there are times when when there's no football game or anything happening and they say the weather is so bad, stay home. Right. If you don't have to travel, don't. So when you throw an NFL playoff game on top of that. How about 60,000 you get drunk and then drive here <laughs> in the middle of a blizzard? Yeah, man. <laughs> bad idea. Hey, $3, the, off, $3 off a case of Bud Light. The, uh. The Sabres did play Saturday night. They were worried about getting the Canucks out of there on time. They moved the Penguins game on Monday, which was supposed to be, this was weird enough to me, a six o'clock start. Uh, They moved it to one o'clock just because they're worried about, it's not even in their market, but they're worried about viewership, right? You now have a Penguins game at one o'clock, a Bills Steelers game at four o'clock. You got a good day of of sports on a Monday afternoon. Hunker down. Hunker down. Hey, that's what my Saturday looked like here. After all the snow we got, PWHL Ottawa game on at Pounded one. Pounded Toronto. Yeah, one o'clock. Um, Sends and another PWHL game at four o'clock, plus some NFL action. Leafs at seven. Um, and then the other NFL game at, uh, I think it started at eight o'clock. Did not venture far on Saturday afternoon, man. Well, that is, that is a full day of good sporting sports, entertainment. hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, Let's get into the Canucks a little bit. How, but how are you finding this beer? 
I'm actually finding it's going down too quickly for a 9.5%. I, I, I was just looking at, well, because this is my second 9.5 in, in a row, and I'm looking at it going, now, the, my one disappointment was there was zero head on this. No, that's true. Like it poured right, you don't know. I'm looking across the table when you poured it. Okay. <laughs> so how about you just stifle over there? Sorry. <laughs> um, but Come on. It, I find it to be, yeah, the coconut is is really. That does happen a lot though, don't you think? With a, the higher the alcohol, the less the, the head. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and the vanilla, as it gets a little warmer, it's starting to become a little more prevalent. Yeah, comes I, through a I find more. it to be a tasty sipping beer. 100%, man. Uh, the Canucks, as we sit here right now, um, first in their division and second in the West to Winnipeg Jets. Winnipeg Jets. Who we all predicted. 100%. <laughs> yeah. um, but they don't yet, the Canucks. Oh, wait. Shout out mm. future TCA guest, mm. Marty Johnson, assistant coach, Winnipeg Jets. There you go. When is that future? Yeah, make you, that happen. We've been talking about that <laughs> for three, four years make now. That shit. I'm going to reach. I'll reach out. To you. <laughs> All right. Um, they don't. They don't yet have Elias Pettersson locked up. And Ching, Ching, yeah, Ching. We I'm just saw the Nylander contract. We, exactly. Ching, we just Ching. saw the Willie number go up and up and up. Pettersson's a center, having a a better year. I think he's second in the league in points. Yeah. Um, and. That's not getting any cheaper. And he's sort of, he's never come out and said like, I won't sign here, but he, there's been like a thing where he hasn't wanted to talk to them all year. Sort of like, well, I want to see the direction of the franchise. And you know, the first half of this year would suggest the direction of the franchise is looking pretty good. Now their PDO is through the roof. They're yep. on a shooting percentage bender. These are, but Demko. Oh, I'm on a bender. Demko has rebounded, right? Like quite nicely. They're a pretty good team. I don't know if they're this good, but they've been pretty good. And if he's not sold yet, like I'm not suggesting they're going to trade Pedersen at the deadline, but that's got to be really uncomfortable out there. Well, and it is one of those things where you look at it and go, it's the voodoo that is chemistry. The voodoo that is yep. how the whole mojo rolls. And and it comes down to, that is a blue line, if I digress here for mm -hmm. one second. Sure. Uh, other than Quinn Hughes and Tyler Myers, they've just sort of switched, switched out some. Well, Philip Rona came in, became that top pair guy he, with Hughes. And I but, ripped that deal last but he year. Came what are in, you doing trading away first round picks for a middle defense? Yeah, yeah. Oops. And so you bring in Ian Cole. Like there's just some, like Ian Cole. Yeah. Just a know, guy. 30 minute Ottawa Senator. Like <laughs> just a guy who gets. Him and Jason Smith. Flipped around, flipped around and you go. Yeah, and, Pittsburgh Penguin, Carolina And Hurricane, now it's a Avalanche. formidable unit. Yep. And I, I, I probably... And, and all I'm suggesting with that is Demko was great this year. Yep. Demko has, was great in the bubble. Yep. Demko in between those two periods, not as so good. Well, last year he wasn't very good. I, the year before, not so good either. Okay. And, and all I'm saying is it's, it's fragile. It's fragile. And so... So do you it's, think Pedersen is thinking the same thing? We are not this good. Um, if he, but I don't know that they're not that good. I don't know either. But what I, I would say, PDO for people who don't know is basically this is overstating a little, but it's luck is what that stat is. It's your save percentage plus your team shooting percentage 
and it should equal, you know, roughly 100. So if you have 905 goaltending and 9.5-10% shooting, you'll be kind of in that neighborhood of 100. The the Canucks are at 106, and that is the highest PDO number the league has seen this far into a season since the 80s Oilers. So do you think the Canucks are Gretzky, Messier, Curry, Coffee good? Probably not, which means there is some luck here. Your PDO is always a little higher than it should be when you have great goaltending because their save percentage is elevated. bumps it just a little yep. bit. But even the shooting percentage is really high right now for the Canucks. So, look, it's clear at this point they're going to make the playoffs. They've banked enough points that from here they can coast if they, they want to. They have to. played Ottawa twice, so there is inflated <laughs> numbers right there. Look, it, it to me... And they're in the same division with the Sharks. Yeah. And Brutal! The, and, and the Ducks. Oh, yes. Uh, so, yeah, there's been some soft spots in their schedule for sure. But look, they're full value at this point. They might be a little bit lucky. They're going to make the playoffs. But I do wonder on the Pedersen thing, as a center, who's right now I think at 57 points on the year, uh, like 40 games into the season, he holds all the cards and for whatever reason, so far, he hasn't wanted to speak to them. And that's got to be uncomfortable because... Are we building at the deadline, you know, long term, we're going to have our number one center, you know, that top line, they've loaded it up with Pedersen, JT Miller and Brock Besser. And when they do that, that line has been elite. It does thin them out, though, a little down the lineup. Do you go out and get a number two center who can play kind of behind that for you? Or are you, you know, taking a one year run and not sure if you have Perhaps your most important piece, I guess Quinn Hughes would be right there with Pedersen as your most important piece. But like, I don't know what you do if you're the Canucks this year. Are you all in or are you like, are our guys about to leave? I, yeah. Do you think he'll leave? I don't. No? I don't. Um, do you think he signs before the deadline? Well, I am going to, no, I don't. No. I am going to completely generalize here, but the Swedes are, are principled people, <laughs> right? And, and I say that. Again, it is a wide-sweeping sure. generalization. But There's got to be a douchebag suite or two out there somewhere. Yeah, who's that guy who threw his medal in the silver medal? Leah Sanderson. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like that. I, okay. Fuck this. There is the Carlson effect, too. There, there's a bit of a douche there. Um, but by and large, I agree. Yeah, and I just think they are... He's going to get paid, and it will be north of the Nylander money. Mm-hmm. Right? So... If Vancouver is willing to pay twelve and change, I think he'll, I think he'll stay. Why won't he talk to them now? I think he's just. I, I think he's comfortable in the fact that the money is going to come. The money's going to be there. He's not overly worried. But the thing is, is you look at it and go, if you're going to pay, it's it's going to be fine. And he's if if you are, he's only known Vancouver. Yep. This is the only NHL team he's known. And if you look at all the guys who've, who've left Ottawa and you go, oh, I didn't want to leave, I didn't want to leave. And then you leave and you're like, fuck, it's pretty good. <laughs> pretty good on the other side or elsewhere. I think as long as you can keep him there and you give him a contract that is, is competitive, he's not going anywhere. The Swedes anywhere. like Vancouver too, right? Yeah. The Sedins and For Boland sure. and Sundin ended up out there. And- yeah, <laughs> Well, how about Sundin coming in on Toronto on a penalty shot wearing the Canucks jersey? And you're like, that's shootout. Yeah, it's blasphemous. I remember that game. I was just talking to, uh, I was invited onto an Islanders podcast this week. Yep. 
And the Leaf fans cheered him. Yep. Stupid Leaf fans. They booed him all the way in. God. <laughs> I don't know. I wonder, what do I do with that? Well, I, like I said, I was just invited onto this Islanders podcast last week ahead of the Leafs Isles game. And so. And did they talk about the time that we told them that their defense was shit and the, the whole fan base got up in arms? Like people text, no. Eve yeah. tweeting us and saying, <laughs> I hope you die. Yeah, I think you said you, you couldn't name. One guy, or I've never heard of Scott Mayfield, or something like that. Curtis and Mayfield. I'm like, isn't that the guy who sang? It's like, Scott Mayfield. It's what's going Curtis. on? Yeah. Like, nobody knows. What, he's like a 60s. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, nobody knows. But um, they wanted to talk about the Tavares thing, and like, what do you think about fans still booing him? And I, I, I said, I said, I do what you want, but stop saying that Leaf fans don't understand because Sundin. Did the Islanders fans will tell you we're not booing him because he left. We're booing him because they he said he wanted to stay. Didn't let us trade him at the deadline where we could have got something for him, rebuilt a yeah. little, and such and such. That's that exact thing. That exact thing happened to the Leafs. They wanted to trade Sundin and all of the Muskoka five at the deadline. And Matt said, "I I see myself as a Leaf. I, I if I'm not going to be here, I may just retire. Like I, I want to stay. I want to finish my career oh, as a I Leaf." Think I see it. I want to sign there. And then, yeah, that season wraps up and halfway through the next year, he's like, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to Vancouver. So Leaf fans have been through that. But that game, when he returned, they booed him every time he touched the puck, except for during the first intermission, they run the video package thing. Welcome back. All that stuff. Huge standing ovation. Boo him all the way in on that shootout. He scores and they cheer for him. I thought that was fine. And then that was the end of it. Now, I don't know. Like he retired at the end of that. I don't know that he ever came back to Toronto, whether they would have kept booing him or whatever but the point being anyway <laughs> the Swedes love Vancouver <laughs> I guess <laughs> did I mention Matthias Olin <laughs> he, he really liked his time there yeah how about uh, there is another defenseman whose name is escaping me right uh, now Joel uh, no Oliver Ekman Larson yeah no I'm not sure Vancouver loved him <laughs> nope, but Swede he fits the bill defenseman sure. OEL enough. yeah thank you so, oh, Erickson, that guy, man. are they still paying him? Louis Erickson, yeah. Louis Erickson. Bad deal, man. Oh, that was the man. summer of Jim Benning. He went out and got uh, a few different awful contracts. Yeah, not to be compared with the summer of Pierre. No, hot Pierre summer. Hot Pierre summer. Turned out to be hot Carl summer. Hot Carl. <laughs> Steamy. Hurts both of us. This is not good for either one of us. Uh, I'm with you. I don't think he's going to sign by the deadline, but I don't think they can trade him, move along, Zero like chance, you're all man. in. So you're just going to have to ride this out and hope that when it's all said and done, he goes, yeah, I believe in the direction. I believe that Rick Tockett has turned this thing around. Um, and Bruce I guess Boudreau it- talked on the, on the NHL Network last week that he said somebody in that organization, he wouldn't name names, was trying to get him to convert Quinn Hughes into a center last year. There's early. a jackass in every NHL organization. <laughs> they wanted Carlson to play up. He's a great right winger or left wing. You know, We've done the same that Morgan Riley should be playing left wing with Tavares. And you're like, what? okay. It's always <laughs> the same. And you're like, well, and Ottawa's put Branstrom. Not the same at all, but. That seemed to be more of an emergency of course situation it was. Of course than, it was. But than is, someone thinking it's a great but idea. Jacques Martin had also played Christophe Schubert. I remember that. And Chris Phillips. Oh, you're I don't remember about, that. You're no. talking about a number one overall pick. Yeah. And a franchise icon. And How about you play some wing? Early in his career, yeah, he played up on the wing. I don't remember that. I yeah. do remember Schubert. And I, so this is, Jacques got a history of that, but 
it does, yeah, they wanted to keep Branson in the line because they couldn't. They felt like they couldn't waive JBD at the time. Right. But anyways, yeah. there's always somebody in an NHL organization who goes, "Oh, that guy, yeah, galaxy brain. Yeah, he's just out there skating and he has no defensive conscience. Put him on the wing. Right. Put him on the wing. You're like, he's played 20 years <laughs> to get to as this. a defenseman, <laughs> yeah. and you're gonna be like, oh, okay, can't do it. I know better. And you're like, yeah, but you selected him. You knew what you were getting. Yeah, idiot. <laughs> Uh Yeah. Let's talk about uh, Alex Anthopoulos over uh, uh, last week, signed a new contract with the Atlanta Braves to remain their general manager through 2031. Uh, Alex Anthopoulos has not missed the playoffs since he left Toronto. Now, some of that. You know who has? Hmm. Toronto. Toronto. (laughs) Uh, A year or two, maybe three. I can't, like he was an assistant GM and advisor in LA. VP of... Baseball yeah. operation. So it wasn't his show, but he was right. making the playoffs. And so I just sort of wanted to talk about whether or not the Jays made a mistake letting him go. Now, part of that was obviously his decision. If people have forgotten the timeline, uh, they they announce, I think, late August of 2015, that Mark Shapiro is going to come in to replace Paul Beeston as president of uh, of the Toronto Blue Jays. Alex Anthopoulos is still the general manager. That is also the year that uh, they made the, all these huge moves at uh, the trade deadline to bring in David Price, to bring in Tulo. Tulo! <laughs> Latroy Hawkins, Ben Don't, Revere. Do not <laughs> ever forget Latroy Hawkins. <laughs> um, and they finish out the season. They go to the ALCS. They lose to the Kansas City Royals. And they go on to win the World Series. They did do that, yeah. And at the end of, uh, of October... It's announced that Anthopolis is not going to return. He does not want to to come back under this. There's all kinds of talk at the time and since then that Mark Shapiro did not endorse, not that it was his position to do so at the time, the idea that they traded so many young players and specifically young pitchers at the deadline. Assets out. Right, to go in and get these guys. But Anthopolis knows in that moment, in July 2015, his contract is up at the end of the year. And at the time... If I want to stay here, I need to have some success. And he has said it that I, th- I think the record was 51 and 51. 50 and 51. Okay. Eight games back of the division, three out of a But one. they're looking at their run differential and going, we're better than this. Yep. And so, but he knows I got to finish strong or I'm not going to be welcome back anyway. Like I won't have a job. And so he goes out, he makes all these moves. And then there's, like I said, this talk at the end of the year and as... As Shapiro is taking over for Beeston and he's having these conversations after the season uh, with Anthopolis and the the management group, there's apparently one conversation, one meeting where Shapiro isn't just sort of kind of half-heartedly annoyed. He is lecturing them for how much they gave up. And it's sort of reported that that's the moment where Anthopolis goes, yeah, this isn't going to work. Like I was sort of fine reporting to Beeston, Beeston, who was the business guy, and I was the baseball guy. And it's pretty clear Shapiro wants to be involved in baseball. Alex didn't want to answer to him, so so he leaves. And since then, we've seen the Jays go through a rebuild and have now gotten back to a point where they are competitive, are underachieving, yes, but back competing again, uh, rebuilding the dome, spending big money, have made nice moves. Anthopolis has a World Series under his belt. Um, the Braves have become a model franchise again under him. So you can make a case for both 
groups, whatever, both sides being successful. I was an Anthopolis guy. Like I was a fan of his. I was sad when he left. I'm curious. Do you, do you think they've, they made a mistake? Do you think if they had it to do over again, like, I don't know how you do it over again. Like ask Anthopolis, are you okay with Shapiro coming in? You can't do that. Like that's his superior. I don't know what the Jays options were, but do you think the Jays would have been better off had they kept Anthopolis? It's, it's a, it's an onion of a question. Yeah. Right there's there's many layers to this, and and I think the problem is when they were Beeston was done, right? Yep. yep. Beeston was done. He'd been around since forever. Yeah, he'd kind of come and gone, but like basically since the first days of the franchise. Showed out Gordash. Big pro. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> so not it, many people do that. No, Gordash not getting a lot of show. No, they don't. Days. But it is it is. I think there was also some friction with the way Beeston was being treated on the way out. On the way out. Yep. Right. And Anthopolis is, that's his mentor. That's his guy. Yep. Right. And, and as you said, there was that harmonious work arrangement. And I think when Alex sees that and you've touched on a couple of things, right. Where he's like, okay, you know what? I got to make a move here. If I want to, if I want to stake my claim in July, um, not in it, not in, in either the wild card or the division. Right. And he's like, okay, there's zero chance if, if we finish one game under 500 that I'm coming back. No. Let's make a move here, right? Yeah, because they won't want me back. They won't want me back. Yep. And it becomes more untenable as he as he makes those trades and and the number of assets go out. And Price was, was not going to come back. No. I think that became... Super clear, you know, we have the whole, I want him to come back. I want him to come back, <laughs> but not for the money. And you look at what he did after he left Toronto. Yeah. They turned out to be better off. Not Better off without <laughs> him. Right. Yeah. And, and too low, they capped and paid 20 million bucks for him to play for the Yankees a couple of years later. And he just, he just <laughs> never injured, injured. That's how, well, that's how well, he stabilized showed. the defense, right? Reyes was the problem at, on defense with that pitching staff. He comes in and plays pretty good defense and actually hit. Not bad in 2016, the thank, second year. Thank one. you, Kevin Pilar, though. Sure. Shout out for the back injury. Yeah. Um, yeah, the headbutt to the spine. Yeah. Or whatever. I think it's... Not it, dissimilar to if, uh, Bichette and uh, and Springer. Yeah. <laughs> if you look at, at the Kyle Dubas, right, the amount of learning on the job yeah. that he's done, rights, wrongs, mm-hmm. and you go... And now that he's done all that learning on the job, we're going to let him go. And yeah, he, take all those lessons and go, and go be apply a, them somewhere else. And, and I think if you look at it and you go, all the assets, all the way from his Anthopolis, I'm talking about now, back to Anthopolis. Yeah. Those 2012 trades, right? The holiday out and what he got back for it, right? And you're like, Drebeck is going to be the guy. And you go, yeah, is, am I trading for oh, Doug? Is, yeah. do, do I get the dad? <laughs> no. Guy who virtually never pitched for the Jays. Well, yeah, is it 2013 or 14 where they go get that that huge deal with the Marlins? They get Josh Johnson. That's also 2012. Okay, Mark Burley, Josh yep. Johnson, um, Buck, John Buck, <laughs> and I remember specifically a guy I knew telling me, "No one's ever heard of this guy. He will be the steal of the trade. It is Emilio Bonifacio. He's going to be a fantastic base runner and." See, nothing and ended up leaving and that whole trade fell apart but you ended up that same winter getting uh i think the dicky the holiday 
and the Marlins thing all happened in 2012. No, Halliday was much earlier than that, like 2009, 2010, something like that. But mm, I'm not sure. Okay. Well, we'll let the good listener uh, pick sides on, on but, that. But, but anyways, it, no matter which way you slice, slice it or dice it, it's, it's an Anthopolis move. But do you not feel... And so if you couple that with all the assets gone out in 2015... But most of which amounted to nothing. Yeah, but you don't know that at the time. No, you don't at the time. But so looking when, back, when, you can so, go, why wouldn't I? Like, But you don't know that. No, but artificially, if you want to, if you're, a, if you're an Anthopolis guy like I am, you can say he knew. He knew these guys weren't going to amount to shit. It's fine. I think that's optimistic. I think that's giving him a little too much benefit of the doubt. That's but, a lot of credit. But Matt Boyd is the only guy that you would go, had a pretty good career. Would have been all right to hang on to that Syndergaard, guy. Syndergaard would have been nice to. to well, that was a different deal. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm back to you're deadline just 20, 2015. Just 2015. Yeah, but you're right. Noah Syndergaard trading him uh, for as for part Dickey. of the Dickey and, yep. and yeah, having to bring in Josh Tolley to to catch him, all that shit. Um, they also traded a catcher in that uh, Travis Darno. Travis Darno. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I'm sort of looking at it, the Anthopolis but we had era. JP Aaron Sebia. Like, uh, what, sure. What's yep. the problem? Yeah. Man? No, it was all going to be great. <laughs> Uh, just like when we used to have three unbelievable up and coming catchers, and now we're not really sure what we have. <laughs> we, got, uh, we got Kirky. Yeah, Come we got Kirky, buddy. Uh, I I look at at that that 2013, 2014, 2012 as you're putting it. Whenever they did the Marlins thing and the Mets thing, everyone was really excited. Not one part of it panned out the way you want it. Now Dickey was fine, but he was not ever a Cy Young guy again. Um, Josh Johnson who would have been, like, had you gotten prime Josh Johnson, that would have been incredible, but you didn't. Reyes' best years were behind him. Um, John Buck was fine, I guess. <laughs> Burley. Burley was a... Burley was a... He was a gamer. Chomper. Yeah. And, like, could get you out of there in an hour, 50 minutes or whatever. Right? Well, and he's <laughs> a guy when, you know, you had to go to the bullpen for so many times, and you're like, okay, maybe he doesn't win the game, but he's going to give you lots of innings. Yeah. He's, he's going to save the bullpen. I, I look at all of that as kind of like, you went for it, it didn't work, I guess I'm pinning that on you, you should have known better, but I applauded the effort at the time. When we go to 2015, and it's it's do or die, save your job, get this team competing down to the end, everything he gave away, you know, at the time, I think we all thought Daniel Norris as part of that trade for, yeah. uh, for, Price. for Price was going to be the guy. We, everybody liked him because he was living in his van at spring training. And like, he was kind of a strange story and people liked him. That was a piece you sort of went, I don't know if that's something I really wanted to give up. It turns out, eh, just Nada. a guy. Matt Boyd, just a guy. Castro, just a guy. Like yeah. all these pieces that went out. But it really feels like our entire opinion and the people who love Anthopolis, and maybe we love him more because we didn't really like the people who replaced him, but really just love him for that three, four month stretch brought baseball back to prominence. You and I have talked about this on the pod going in April, 2015, nobody there going in August, 2015 sold out dome. He brought all that back. It was a good team. And, and, and we didn't love Shapiro when he came out as an American and the way he talks and they bring in Atkins, who's kind of a machine and Cleveland mafia. I wonder though, because Anthopolis had had his, his chances. He'd had his years and it hadn't worked out. I just, I, I think the Dubas comparison is interesting that you made that like you let him make all these mistakes and then leave when in theory he would have learned from them and, yeah. and can now help you. But I do 
I look at it and I go, I, I think sometimes we look back at Anthopolis with rose-colored glasses. He was a likable guy. He's a Canadian guy. He brought that that great run in 2015. But then he was gone. And I... He's the Jonah Hill of baseball. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> if you look at him, when he took over... Jonah Hill or Alex <laughs> Moneyball, baby. Yeah, yes. I, I know, I know. Um... He doubled the scouting staff. Mm-hmm. It went from 28 to 54. That's a huge increase, right? Yeah. And all the assets that he then accrued from there. And the, the, the system when he took it over was virtually bankrupt. Yep. And so there's, there's some belief that, yeah, that in 2015, he's like, I'm going for it. And all these assets. I'm spending all that, that shit. I- that I've accrued. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm spending it now. Drunken sailor. They can't. You can't take it with you, as they say. Right? This is exactly <laughs> right. And and I've done this, and I am. I'm planting my flag here with that. And, and so he, he did turn out to be right. Shapiro can lecture him for saying you gave up too much. In hindsight, he didn't, and they did get into the playoffs. So Double A is right in what he did there, but you know it did leave the organization with nothing. But I guess for the point, like they were going to have nothing anyway. We saw what happened to these guys. None of them were going to help you compete as the 2018 Jays, right? Yeah. Or yeah, and 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 what it really comes down to is, no matter what happens, is and people look at at the at the Shapiro Atkins, yeah. you know, era, yeah. the post Anthopolis, and they go, yeah, it was great under Alex, and you guys suck, man. We're in this rebuild, and we're we're shitty. Yeah, the two kind of go hand in hand, yeah. right? One leads to another. That was an old team, the 15-16 yep. team. It was an angry. It was an angry team, which, yeah. Which we also We kind of enjoyed that. We no did. one else did, but We did. But what what to me what what it did assets aside is man, we're talking 22 years before Toronto since Toronto had seen the playoff yeah, ninety three to, to it had it had gone dormant. Yeah, right. And it was as an organization and as a fan base, lethargy, apathy. There was a bunch of things happening there. And so, if nothing else, with the with the Martin and the Donaldsons and the Batistas and the Incarnacions and yeah. the Tulawitskis and the Prices, it brought a little bit of something back. And it was it was, and I've I've mentioned it a bunch of times as somebody who went to maybe. 20 games, 25 games a season, late 80s into the 90s, the dome when the dome was packed. Yeah. It was, it always felt like this intermediate ghoul, girls. The high pitch. High squeal. And then when it came back in 2015, it's like the fan base. The guttural was roar. Hungry and angry yeah. and, and, and feeling like people were questioning the fan base and was Toronto a baseball town or was Canada a baseball country? There was all these things. And so that team was sort of representative of the feel, right? Everyone was like, Mm -hmm. damn right. I got the blues. Let's do this. Right. (laughs) Like it was, it was bringing And the change in the sound and the vibe in the dome was, you could feel it. I guess the, the, The question that you have to answer is, would the, because look, 15 was what it was, had Anthopolis stuck around, you know, in 2016, the Jays added at the deadline, but not like they did the year before. It was Francisco Liriano who came in, a couple of bullpen arms. Frankie! Yeah. And they they took another run in, in 2016. And then 
everybody kind of got old all at the same time in 2017. He started tearing it down. So do that. Remember, do you remember the off season and how we were waiting for Incarnacion? Or, and you're offering 25 yeah, instead million, we go get 30 million. Hendrix Morales for yeah. three years. Of, that was awesome. It was, yeah, it turned out really well. But my point was, Anthopolis was going to have all those same challenges. Yeah. He had gone all in. He had made his bed. 2016, you assume, probably goes similar to what it did under Shapiro. And then 17, 18, 19, you're going to have to pay the bill, right? Those guys were going to get old. They were going to get injured just like they did. And so was Anthopolis going to be any better at building it back up, at creating what Shapiro and Atkins have created? Um, I think he was going to get the benefit of the doubt from the fan base more, but I'm not sure it really changes the path all that much, especially... The one thing you can say about Shapiro is he absolutely has convinced Rogers to spend, whether it be on the dome, whether it be on payroll. You know, we went through the Shohei thing by all accounts. They were all in on that. Was Anthopolis going to be able to do that? We will never know. But this is an organization that's been through some changes and we don't know what the difference would have been because Anthopolis goes on to the Dodgers and the Braves. They're going to spend. They have money like he's kind of had free reign, and he's done really well with it. But I don't necessarily know that they're better off in 2024 uh, with Anthopolis as opposed to Shapiro. No matter how much I love the guy, no matter how much I look back and go, I, I really like that guy as our GM, I'm not sure that they're better off right now if they had kept him. Right, and it's it's Anthopolis is the guy spending at Christmas. Spending at Christmas, spending at Christmas, <laughs> and when the visa bill comes in in January, Anthopolis was like, Peace. Yeah. I'm, I'm Somebody out. Else pay that. I'm out. And, but part of, I believe, more than Shapiro, you know, being the soothsayer and the smooth talker that's talked Rogers into these changes in the money. And it is, it is the uptick in attendance that's come. Right? On the back of what Anthopolis did. Yeah. But yep. on low years and then with your Vladdy, your Bo. Yep. And all this. And there has been that surge. And that is where you go, okay, if we spend... The results will come. Yep. The fans will come. It'll be the place to be again. The dollars. When you will turn come. over the dome, like it was sold out most of last year, like it was hard to get a ticket again. Yeah. Like, so you can't say neither one of us can say that Shapiro. I mean that Anthopolis would not have been able to do no, that. No, you're right. I guess I don't know. The the last thing I would say, just sort of in pros and cons, and who did this and who did that. If Shapiro came in waving his finger at Alex Anthopolis, saying, "You know, you've left us with nothing here to develop." You can look at that pitching staff and go, man, it was pretty good last year, but not none of it was homegrown. And there's nothing pushing up that's homegrown, right? Like they haven't, they, they've convinced good pitchers to come here and they've made some good trades. They've made some big signings, all of that using Rogers money, but they haven't drafted and developed particularly well since Vladdy and Bo and, and Jansen and, and Kirk and like. Bizio. Right, but nothing on the pitching side yeah. of things, and yeah, well, nothing really year, lately. Like you got Kiermaier. What do you believe Varsho. Davis Schneider is? Like, I, is that a sustainable power bat in your lineup? I, I don't think so. We'll see. But second left, like that kind of thing. <laughs> I just, you know, if that was the thing that that they didn't like about what Anthopolis did, I'm not sure. Without Rogers' money. We're not looking at them going, you're a complete failure on that front as well. well You've traded away. And and again, what they've traded, like Austin Martin, they traded away. Like the, these are all pieces, uh, Anthony Kay. And like, you're like, well, or uh, Simeon Woods Richardson. Yep. Fine. Like 
he was in the uh, burial straight. Yeah, and none of them appear to be dominant. Like you don't you don't seem like you're going to miss them any more than you miss Castro and you know Matt Boyd and and Dan Norris and all these guys. But I'm not sure they have a better draft and develop record than Alex did. Right, because if you want to if you want to crystallize what you're talking about, you're talking about uh, Kiermaier, yeah, free agent Springer, free agent, yeah. Uh, Vladdy was a Donaldson was a trade. Or? Donaldson was a an Alex trade. Vladdy's an Alex draft or uh, international signing. Donaldson um, Donaldson was Brett Laurie for Josh Donaldson. Yeah. Good deal. Good so, job. Yeah, sorry, and I, Donaldson. I was thinking of Chapman. Chappy, the other third baseman we got from Oakland. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> no, um, and then yeah, it, it comes down to. You have Bo, you had Biggio and uh, what's his face, Espinal mm-hmm. and Jansen and Guerrero. Like in terms of your regular nine, man, there's there's yeah three, maybe four homegrown guys, right? Right. So those who have come out of any kind of, but you need you need the assets to trade. You've seen that in baseball mm-hmm. more than anything else, where you need. Sometimes you need up to six assets to make a trade. Yeah. So if you are void of assets or blue chippers, whatever it may be, right? It's it's hard. It's harder in baseball than anything else. Uh, you have uh, provided the second round of beers here. That's it. Matt's totally dismissing my... Yes. Totally. Totally. <laughs> this is... Ooh. That's nice. Crisp. Um, this is the... Angry Redhead, <laughs> Irish Red from Black Gold Brewing out of Petrolia. Ah, see, look at that. That's that's gorgeous. 5.3%. Never heard of the brewery or the town. Who is the greatest NHL player out of Petrolia, Matt? I don't know. Do you Some know where red... Petrolia no, is? No, I don't. Oh, see, I thought you had been right in your wheelhouse. Petrolia is about 25 kilometers From outside Aurelia. of Sarnia. Really? Okay. So it's oil country. Yeah. Thus the um, black yeah. gold. Okay. Thus um, the petroleum. So I was sure as soon as I saw it, I'm like, I'm bringing this to the show. Matt I'm lo- bringing it. Matt loves a red. Yes, he does. And. Matt spent some time in Sarnia. And I'm going to totally bring this. Apparently an imperial city. This greatest, greatest NHL player out of Petrolia. Yeah. Okay. Dino Cicerelli. All right. Dino Cicerelli, not from Petroleum. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell are we doing here then? Uh, he's from Sarnia. Mm. He's from Sarnia. Um, hey, you want an interesting Dino Cicerelli nugget? Uh, yeah. 608 goals. Okay. Highest goal scorer in NHL history. From Petroleum. <laughs> not from Petroleum. <laughs> right. From a draft eligible player who was never drafted. Dino Cicerelli, highest goal scorer ever from a draft eligible, eligible player, player that was not drafted. Correct. Isn't so he, everybody at some point draft but, eligible? Yeah, but drafted. Dino yeah. Cicerelli was never drafted. So just essentially the highest scoring undrafted player ever. Correct. Okay. Well, I like your phrasing. Though. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you threw God, some extra words in there. Goddamn Wikipedia. <laughs> um, which I found to be interesting. But there is a Petrolia... NHL connection. Okay. The Hunter brothers. Dale and Mark. Yeah. From Petrolia. 
just waiting on Mark to get that next open GM spot. That, Toronto. Uh, yeah, apparently. Uh, so okay. have you had a poll on this? Beer I yet? did. Yeah. What do you think of that? Kind of a little dry, maybe. Matt, I am so glad you brought that up hmm. because that's a back end, right? It's got yep. the dryness in the back end. Yeah. And that is what distinguishes an Irish red from just a red. It's Same with an Irish stout. Exactly. Kind of a little drier. Because the Guinness is a dry stout yep. as opposed to your milk or oatmeal stouts. Right. And it is just, it's a bit of the roastiness. Yeah. That's, Pretty nice, man. So there you go, my friend. You might, you have picked it up like a well-schooled. <laughs> Shout out Petrolia. What let up, us, Petrolia? Let us know if you're listening in Petrolia right now. And let us know, frankly, if you're like me and had never heard of Petrolia. Well, and it's just 25 <laughs> kilometers from Sarnia. Sure. So is but, America. But America. America. So, um, but yes, Cicerelli, or as the Google assistant likes to say. Chicarelli. 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 Um, yeah, from Sarnia. Okay. Not from Petrolia. No. That's too bad. But black and gold. It's pretty nice. It is or a weird name for a red. Black gold. Yeah. No. It's the angry redhead. Right. Irish red. From Black Gold From Brewing. Black Gold uh, Brewing. I'm, see, I'm falling all over myself here. See, it's the 9.5 we yeah. had last, maybe. Try doubling up on that. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you, leaf enthusiast that you are. Oh, you bet, man. You bet. Austin Matthews. Now. I hate the guy. Yeah. I, I know this about you. His uh, face is okay. 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 <laughs> okay. His face is getting bigger. Receding hairline. Is, I love uh, the. I love that sort of thing where it was him morphed into this forty-year-old man, super fat-faced. Have you seen that image going? No, around? I haven't. Oh, it's awesome. To me, well, it's not his face expanding outward; it's expanding upward. It's balding. His hair is chasing back. Yeah, fat face. It's awesome. Um, you and I are sitting here Sunday afternoon. The Leafs play the Red Wings, which I just got a notification and has been pushed back thirty minutes, which seems weird. Somebody's plane was late or something. I don't know why. Doesn't matter. What matters is that you and I don't know what's happened on. About anything. Yeah, on, <laughs> on Sunday. Uh, so while you and I are talking, the Leafs have 42 games left this season and uh, presumably 82 next year. Austin Matthews sits 88 goals short of Matt Sundin's franchise record of 420 goals as a Maple Leaf. He obviously had some others with the Nordiques and whatever, but the franchise record is 420 goals. I'm wondering what you think the likelihood is that he could get that done by the end of next season. And I think it's, I, I do think whether he does it or not, I think it will be a chase next year. It will be a story that goes right down towards the end of the season. Um, assuming he stays healthy, which is actually a bit of a, you know, not a safe assumption with this guy, but he has 42 games left this year. He's sitting at 32 goals. Now, if you assume he doesn't quite keep up that pace, you know, maybe gets 25 more this year. That's a great season. And he goes in next year, needing 62, 63, something like that. It's not crazy to think. I don't know. I, I know I sent you the topic. I don't know if you looked at the numbers, did any of the math. Do you think there's a chance he could do this by the end of next year? How excited would you be when he breaks it October 19th, 2025? <laughs> Third game in yeah. against Dallas or something. Correct. Yeah. It'll, it'll be a That's sweet... very possible too. Yeah. And that's how I see it. Yeah. I see it being he's on a 
hot tear to the beginning of the 25 season, playing for the Arizona Coyotes. Oh, God. And at the Mullet Arena. Yeah. I, I, I don't think he does it. What do you think? 32 game, or he has 32 goals this year, 40 games in. What do you think is reasonable? 60. Yeah. Which, which makes it a 60 goal season. So it's, next season. he's only slightly off pace. I, that's why I said game three yeah. of the 2025 season. Yeah. I mean, the second half of this year, you have him being only slightly off what he's at right yep. now. Well, he, and he's at a wicked clip. Like, yeah. And that was, as you pointed out earlier in the season, he, ha- he has two. He has two different streaks at the beginning of this year where he went seven games without a goal. Like, if you get anything done in those games. But had, like, seven in the two-game span, yep. and then a, a three-goal here, and two yes. here, and then three here. and Yeah. I, I, I think it's it's crazy, but as things... But he has hit 60 before. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's crazy, and it, I think he's close. Yeah. I don't think he but gets he could, it. Yeah. No, he could finish next year three short or something, right? And Yeah. And if he scored 58 goals next season, and you went, what a fucking bum. Well, that's what we said about him last year when he got 40. Get to and, work, and this slack is, ass. And this is it, right? Yeah. So if he scores 28 goals in the second half of this season yeah. and ends up with 60, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it leaves him with 60 goals next season. And if he comes up at 58 and you're like... Which would be a great season, but would leave him short of the... That's, and so that's all I'm saying is yeah. I, I, I think it's probably... But it is funny that it's that close. Like if he finishes this year with 62... Because well, that guy's got an unbelievable release. Yeah, to me, and so well, we've talked about that, right? Like he's not a guy who like dangles the defender at no, the no. blue line, and he's, you know what he's going to do. Yeah, Alastamkos, Alavovich, Ovechkin, yeah, right. You know where that guy's going to be, and you can't stop him. So to me, he's going to get forty to fifty in an in a in an average season. Yeah, right? his like, normal year. His his above and beyond is going to be. Upwards of high fifties into the into the. What did McDavid get last year? Was sixty five? Because that seemed like the off season where he went. Like Matthews got the the heart, and he went, "Oh, okay." Instead of my three assists a night or whatever, I'll just score every night. Right, and it's the Crosby thing, right? We oh, I, I can't, I can't score. I can only pass. Yeah. Or how's, or, a, how's a 50 spot right, right now? I can't win a face off. Here's my 57% next year yeah, right. or whatever, right? Or like all these, all these sorts of things. This that, is just what I'm working on right now. Right. And so to me, that is a guy who is, uh, to me, I'm surprised when he scores less than 50. So what are the, you're, you're betting he doesn't do it by the end of next year. What would you put the odds at that he does? 30%? Oh, uh, Lower? Uh, I'd put it closer to 50-50. Yeah. I'm putting it at 40, 45. Like, to me, it's close. Yeah. He's close. He is going to be close. And that's, to me, that's going to be really fun next year. Like, assuming he finishes this year strong, uh, stays, and I'm not expecting necessarily get another 32, but yeah, 28, 29, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And then he goes in next year needing 60, 61. For most players, you go, that's crazy. This guy has shown now for a couple of different years, that's a reasonable pace for him. And down the stretch, you might see like them feeding him on every. Now they do anyway, right? He's the the trigger man on the power play, but he is the showcase piece. You just wonder down the stretch, five games left. 
needing seven goals, you know, does it become all about, and I do, I think as a Leaf fan, that's going to be fun to follow, yeah. right? even if he doesn't get that at done, that that's point, a cool story. At that point, it looks like a Leaf playoff game where Marner is trying to force feed <laughs> Matthews the yes. puck, and it's not working because everybody knows it's going there. Do you, do you think, like, let's say it's Leaf Sens in game 79 next year or whatever, are the Sens... Well, then he's getting four and he's probably breaking the <laughs> I'm more meant, in terms of approach, are other teams, certainly they will be aware in a general sense, do they, like, will they cover him harder because he's pushing for the record and you don't want to be that team? Or is it just, for them, it's just another night and you, he's their top shooter. So no, you no, get on him. I, I think it's, the team is aware of it and they're trying to put a guy on him, but you look at Ovechkin and yeah. I think it's, yes. I, I think it's not crazy for 20 years, everyone knows what that guy that wants guy. to do. <laughs> and all he does is fade in, fade Up out. Until this year. Yeah. Uh, have you looked at his totals? Yeah, I think he's got eight goals. Eight goals. Eight goals through 39 games. So, I tweeted out on Saturday because he missed Saturday's game with an injury. I'm like, does he know he wasn't invited to the All-Star game? He doesn't have to fake an injury leading into it to get out of it this year. He's, he doesn't have to go. Tom Wilson is is their guy. We should, we should talk a little bit, some of those All-Star selections. Um... But it, it comes down to, you know what that guy's going to do. And and like I said, he just comes a little closer than that. He fades back a little out of the picture, into the picture, and he just snaps it off. And, and yep. Matthews is very much like that from yeah. the opposite side, right? Yeah. And and so you the guys who do it really well, Ottawa tries to force it to Norris and it doesn't work. Right. It doesn't work because he is not, he is not Ovechkin or Matthews. And that's no slight on Norris. No. But few are, right? And when you are... Yeah, there's like five of those guys in the league at most. Kucherov, Stamkos, Tampa seems to have a couple of them. Yeah, yeah, true. But when you look at Matthews and you look at Ovechkin... Rantanen probably at this point. uh, Rantanen, man, that guy's a a silent killer. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's what elite scorers do, right? And so you can put somebody on him, but he's crafty and he's quick, right? It's, it's, It's... He doesn't need a lot of space. And so... I just think it's so hard. It's so hard. And, and, and as, as the season goes through levels, right, you just have this, it gets harder and harder through the season. And, and Matthews will be trying to get that in really the tightest time of the year. Yeah. And I guess the only reason I asked the question is because it's not like you're trying to prevent Matthews from breaking a league record where you will be on the highlight. Yeah, reel you don't record. care really what yeah, the Yeah, it's is. a Leaf record. Like, yeah, you'd rather not mm. And be. that's an interesting point that I didn't really consider in my answer is... Like the Sens will roll in here and go, yeah, good for you, right? Like that's a thing for you guys internally. Yep. We don't want to be the team, but you never want to... We, we yeah. want to win every night. Yeah, so. I don't want to ever let you score. Right. So it uh, no, and that's interesting, right? It's not like he's trying to break Gretzky's or he's trying to do whatever, right? He's it was similar last year. Aaron Judge, like, oh, he's going to break the American League home run record. Well, until it's the major league, you know what I'm saying? Like, who who really cares? It's not as big as until it's that guy whose head grew (laughs) three hat sizes (laughs) in his forties or his thirties, and you're like. Yeah, my belt size has grown three yeah. sizes in my 40s. But his balls have <laughs> shrunk, but his shoe size and his head size have yeah. grown. I'm not sure if that's a good thing. Like, it's not the major league record. It's not yeah. the NHL record. So and that's I, a good I, point. I assume teams will be sort of, you know, generally aware that Matthews is coming up on the team record, but how much do you really give a shit? I, yeah, no. I, I And I think that is, 
we're talking about it, so it's on the radar. But it's it's I'm not sure that is resonating in other teams' yeah. locker rooms. Oh, this guy's got a goal. This guy's got a goal. He's he's looking for this. He's looking, yeah. He'll be the Leafs all time scorer. The reality <laughs> is he's going to torch you. He's going to torch you. So you want to have a guy on him? Yeah. I'm not sure, but but that being said, I don't I don't back away from the idea that yeah games just get tougher. Yep. And even the yep. teams that are out of the playoffs, yeah, they're playing a little bit more free, a little, loose, a little, little more free. loose, right? Yep, and so it, it does come down to I'm playing better because there is there is less pressure on me, right? Hey, uh, but go ahead. No, I was going to shift us into the All Star thing. I don't know if you have any strong opinions on the guys that have been announced. My only real, t- well, first of all, Georgiev had an 8.96 save percentage being an all-star, this is what happens when you leave it up to fan voting, I guess. But I thought the Leafs getting four guys and the Canucks getting five in a three-on-three tournament. And you let's remember, this is not divisions anymore. They're going to do the, the fantasy draft. But there will be four Leafs there, five Canucks there. It seems like overkill. I'm not in favor of the thing where every team has to be represented. But four and five guys for a three-on-three turn. Like, it made sense to me. Remember when Montreal hosted and they wanted, like, they they stuffed the ballot box with the voting and, like, let's make sure it's all five Canadians who start. Gotta have Pacioretty. And Dion Phaneuf was the one guy who broke it up and started with them. Like, it sort of made sense to me to have four or five guys from the Suck home it, team. <laughs> four or five guys from the home team when you were going to start as a five-man unit. That's a cool moment. But now it's three-on-three. And they're not all going to be on the same team anyway. It seems like a little bit much, but when you leave it up to fan voting, I don't know. Can you have a rule that no more than three guys go? No more than two? Yeah, We talked a few weeks ago. I wanted to get out in front of the fact that everyone is going to hate that the Leafs got more guys than some others. We said it on this podcast. It's the home team. And I said 3.5 over under. What did I say? Under. Okay. I still kind of feel like it could have or should have been under Matthews, Willie, and 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 Mo would have been fine for me this time. I'm glad to see Riley getting some some recognition, and he has had a great year. Still uh, has a big plaster scene here. <laughs> he does have that, yeah. Five Canucks first in their division, and they've been killing it. But again, that's fan voting. Um, whether it's on that or any of the other selections, any strong takes on any of it's it? It's just to me, you look at. I don't. I don't know how you end up with Brady as the, as the Ottawa guy. Like to me, it's Giroux all day. If you're going to take a guy from here, you bring him. You think it's possible? Because those the like the first 32 guys were picked by the league. Yeah. Y- no. You Brady he, was a league pick. Yeah. You wonder if they approached Giroux and he said, "I'd really prefer to take my family on vacation." Or I don't know, man. That guy is. He's bringing his kid with him to the All Star game, and like you see his kid all over the place. Yeah. His kid's wheeling, his kid's in the backyard rink going top shelf at like four or whatever he is. Yes. Like that guy, he's, Claude would love to be there and have his kid there. Whoop daddy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And his name escapes me, this kid, but yeah. um, he's a guy to me, he's a hockey guy. He's a lifer. He eats and sleeps and everything hockey, yeah. right? Shits. And yeah. And he would love to go there and bring his kid with him. I, I Yeah. Okay. To, to me, if you were to say, hey, Claude, you know, you want to bring the family to Toronto, you're going to be in the All-Star and you have your kids down on the ice and doing all this yeah. stuff, man, that guy would eat that up. And he's been- You're probably right. He's been far and away the best. And 
And I think it gets it comes down to, and I can only use the Ottawa reference and, and, and sort of spread it out to the league from there, that they're looking at and going, yeah, Brady, Brady's a bit of a personality and yada, yada. Yeah. That we're just going to take him. He's well, got 60, it's funny. He Matthew's goals. not going. Matthew Kachuk. Well, so like sometimes that's part of the fun though, part of the story, right? Pit the Kachuks against each other or on a line together or whatever. So you don't really have that storyline either to help justify it this time. Yeah. He got off to a slow start. He's picked it up lately, but they're sending, I guess it's Sam Reinhardt who's going to go for them. Guy's just scoring goals. Yeah. That's all they do on is score goals. Contract year. And so uh, he's in his willy year. <laughs> yes. uh, and so yes. I, I just think it comes down to you got to consult the league you gotta, and the team. The league has to consult the teams and go, yeah, all right, I can't just go with who's got the highest goal total or who's got this. Well, they clearly don't. Like Boone Jenner's going. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is is you got to do that. you got to reach out to the teams and go, yeah, but who are you taking if you're Columbus? Adam Fentilli. Toronto kid, young rookie, throw him in there, have some fun. Yeah, okay, but Boone Jenner, this is a this is a cookie. Thanks for being thanks, thanks for, for doing the thanks for doing the Babcock thing for us over the Yeah. <laughs> the well, summer. Well, that's know. the borrow between two ferns thing here, right? <laughs> that's the equivalent. Yeah. And and but Tom Wilson's another one. Like there was a there was a period in his career where you'd go, All right. I don't like the guy, but it's not crazy that he's going. This is not that year. Okay, did you know again? Looking again, at the, it's got to be uh, what's his name, John Carlson. Okay, and so looking at uh, I Erasmus, was, Andy. I, I don't know why I found <laughs> Charlie myself, Lindgren. Yes, I don't know why I found myself looking at capital stats. It was it was Ovechkin. Man, what is what? <laughs> Get to work, you slack ass. No, this was this was Saturday night, <laughs> okay. man. I'm just between Alex Anthopoulos reads and right. uh, and I, I'm sort of looking at. They are a team who, have, if they're not in a wild card spot, they're they're, they're on, right there on the cusp. Yeah, they have a shit ton of guys who are negatives, like minus, yep. and not a guy with thirty points or more. No, not one. No. And when I said Charlie Lindgren, I'm not kidding around. Like he's been elite for them. So if you people don't know who he is, which is totally reasonable. So Carlson though is, is hanging around, John Carlson is yeah. hanging around 22 points. He's a plus player on that team. He's got to be the guy. Just That's to, what I'm saying too. I know, yeah. I know. Just to support your. Yeah. Because man, Wilson and Ovechkin are, are, da- are <laughs> dash 12 yeah. Yeah. on a team that is somehow. Competing. Hanging around and. Honestly, they're terrible, man. It's Chucky I, Lindgren, man. I, I don't I, clearly, man. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's tip a cap to that guy. Yeah. No, I, I. You just look around. Like to me, I'm totally over. Well, have you have you seen the the Blackhawks? So over that. The Blackhawks list right now, because it was obviously going to be Bedard. Now he's hurt. Now can you send him there, not to play, but with his jaw wired up, sipping soup through a straw or whatever is going to have to happen there. They got like literally, and I'm not exaggerating, at one point here a week or so ago, they had nine forwards on the uh, the injured list. You said Nick Felino. Nick Felino is one of the guys who's hurt. I know, but it's a finger. Or, or is his all-star selection already in the fact that he's got an extension? Yeah. Well, I want to ask you about that in a second. But like, like, all right, maybe we have to look at one of their D. Well, Seth Jones is the only one you'd consider. He's hurt. You've got... Taylor Hall's hurt. Yeah. Corey Perry has been. I'd take whoever's left. playing goal there. Peter Morazic. Whoever's whoever's or playing Soderblom. Yeah. Whoever's I think that playing, guy's like 6'8. Whoever's playing goal there deserves the That guy's not there. getting paid enough. It's gonna be like Jason Dickinson, who I think has six goals on the air or whatever. Or do yeah. you just go, look, I'm sorry, anyone that we could give any credibility yeah. to no. 
it, you don't get a guy. It's Bedard, and you go, Bedard is the all-star. But like, let's nominee. say Bedard was hurt. Yeah, yeah. And, and Taylor Hall was healthy. You'd go, fine. Right? No, no. Like, and I'm saying, we've nominated your all-star player. Yeah. He can't go. We're moving on. We're moving on. That's that is mi- the that's, guy. That's Mitch's spot now. Yeah, whatever. for sure, man. Yeah. That is the guy. That is, uh, you know, whoever, whoever, work your way down, the, the Brody, the... <laughs> You know, the Giordano's of the world, right? We got Max Domi, you're an all-star this oh, time, man. buddy. No, he's not. No, he no. four goals. Yeah. Oh. Or five now, I think, maybe five. Yeah. Um, no, you are not an all-star. I don't care if you do the, the Captain Morgan thing again. Where but, like, the, instead of giving the Canucks five and the Leafs four, like, how does Zach Hyman, who's on pace for 50 out in Edmonton, I get McDavid and Dreisaitl will have to be there, and that's... Take one of those spots away from one of these other two teams... Who are sending four and five? Like Hyman's got to go. Okay. Uh, if you're sending Drysdale and McDavid, I'm sending Bouchard instead of Hyman. I don't really have a strong complaint with that. He's been elite to at least offensively, which is all this thing is. Did you see in the first 32 selections? I believe there was only two defensemen named. Yeah, this is how much we care about defense in the All Star Three and three. Um, now there have been a few more added in the uh, the fan voting thing, but yeah, they've clearly decided. We don't really care about representing Travis positionally. Hanley. I want to ask you about Nick Felino because he did get a two-year extension, uh, $4.5 million total. And look, that guy got himself a sweet gig. We talked about it over the summer, essentially getting paid to come in and, and play dad in that locker room. And Corey Perry was supposed to do the same. One year, $4 million bucks, which is like that Yeah, is... he'd been on like $800,000, yeah, $1 million deals. Yeah, because he was still getting some of that sweet... Uh... Buyout money? Yeah. yeah. And so... And at this point, I can't remember Dallas or Anaheim, Anaheim who, who bought yeah. him out, right? Because yeah. he's played everywhere since then. Um, everywhere that beats the Leafs in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Leaf beater for hire. Over here, please. Those are everywhere. Over here, please. <laughs> yeah. Uh, those are everywhere. Corpusalo, you got one in your net. <laughs> yeah. Well, can you beat somebody else? <laughs> right. Other than the it Leafs. It can't be just Toronto. <laughs> we only see them five times a year. Uh, I'd only bring it up because I totally understood the idea of, because everybody who gets one of these superstar number one overall picks tries to insulate them early, right? Get some, some vets in there. Yep. And Felino was fine for that. I don't know what the rush was to extend him for two years because in theory, we've seen this mistake before, right? And we saw it play out with the Leafs unsuccessfully, whereas other teams have played it out successfully. You have to be competitive by the end of those entry-level deals. Now, Chicago's a little further back, but they do have Kerchinski. You know they're getting another good pick this year. You'd like to think, look, they're not going to contend for a cup in two years, but they might be able, if managed correctly, to contend for a playoff spot. And I don't know that you needed to reach out two years ahead of time and spend money on Nick Foligno. You're talking about 2.25, right? I am, but so. But you're talking about a cap that will a be commitment. Over, I didn't need to make right. It will be a cap over ninety million. Yeah, I don't think Chicago was there at that point, unless they do the Senators thing, where you've never made the playoffs and you were up against the cap. <laughs> which hey, everybody's it's doing. A good look. It, it is a copycat league. That is what they say, right? Don't copy that. Don't copy that. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> um, I don't. I I understand what you're saying is. I just think with two more years that Chicago is not going to be in that same position. 
You don't think there's a chance they could contend for a playoff spot in two years? No, no. I don't. Yeah. But I also think— It is pretty bare. I don't I, deny that. I also, I also don't think you're wrong in the fact that— You don't have to if, commit if to you're willing, Just keep doing it every summer. If you were willing to offer him 1.25— Yeah. I, I, I think there are always people who are looking for Nick Foligno. Yeah. He is, to me, he is a guy who's going to do what you need to do. Well, and that is the other thing. You've lost the ability to flip him for a second if you want to, both this year and next year, right? Like I. Yep, yep, but I, I think they've found that they just like what it is that he has to offer. Yeah. Because that, as we've seen, you can talk about it. And who was the defenseman in Toronto that they had with Riley and then Ottawa signed Hainsey. him? Ron Hainsey. Yeah. Mike Babcock's highest praise for him was he knows where to stand. You're like, could he skate some? No, but he'll stand in the right place. <laughs> yeah. And so right. there is, if you can ask for somebody who is, who brings more than that, right? Yeah. And and I think Felino is, now, have you overpaid him? But yeah, I think you have to understand that there is a bit of that. If you like him. Yeah. If you understand what you're getting from him and you're not going to be up against the cap, I don't think it's the worst thing ever. All right. Yeah, I guess while we're in this neighborhood, the other guy that was brought in to, to be a leader and that is now departed, uh, apparently in shame, is uh, is Corey Perry. Apparently in shame. In shame. And I, I'm, I kind of wish we still had that old button. I was just going to say, where's the shame, shame button? Shame. Shame. Yeah. Shame. Um, he shame. met with the commissioner at the beginning of last week. And it kind of came out like, yeah, he has permission to sign anywhere he wants. And then a couple of different insiders pointed out he was never suspended by the league. He was never banned by the league. He didn't need permission. But we all know how the NHL works. You know, if these teams feel like Gary's going to look down on something, that's right, that they won't do it. And they were going to. So he, I guess, initiated this idea that I want to meet with, uh, with the commissioner, make sure I'm good to go. And then go look around for another gig somewhere. And I, look, we don't know yet what happened. There was some crazy rumors flying around. Um, some of them funnier than others. We're pretty sure we don't know yeah. what happened. We're hoping we don't know what happened. But look, now he's apparently had that meeting and the commissioner said, yeah, I'm not going to stand in your way. Go do whatever you want to do. There won't be any pressure. There won't be any thumb on the scales kind of thing. And I just wonder what that does to a team, because obviously any team that wants to sign Corey Perry as a depth forward, who can probably still play in your bottom six. um, Can absolutely play in your bottom six. Yeah, so you're going to need him or his agent to tell you what happened before you're comfortable signing him. But then you have to worry about your fan base and how much are you going to tell them? Like you're not going to be able to go, okay, we're comfortable with it have a press conference, go, no, 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 we understand. We know what happened and we're good. Like, is there any way at all that you can do this without having to tell the greater public what the problem was in Chicago? Well, how do you want me to answer this as honestly, Rob? Yeah, no problems, man. I, <laughs> I, I think I have that in spades. Uh, no, he doesn't have to, they don't have to say anything to the public. Um, do I want to know? Sure. Yes, I do want to know. I want to know. Yes. That's my answer. Finally, it's fit into the podcast somewhere. <laughs> Have you ever seen the rain? <laughs> uh, that's Matt's go-to. I don't know why. Um, yeah, I want to know, yeah. but the reality is, uh, and, and we have the Pinto situation here in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. 
right? He's coming back. He's cleared to pra- practice. Yeah, but we him. know what area that was in. Yeah, but we don't know what happened. No. And I think it's completely full of shit, whatever it is that they're going to sell us. Um, I don't think you're getting anything more than what you've already gotten. No, I don't. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. And that's where I'm going with this Perry thing is he's come out saying, I did wrong. It's, it's, we've, it's alcohol based. He did or drug say, based. yeah, I need, I needed to get some help I for need help alcohol. with this. Yeah. And that's, that's as much of a mea culpa as, as you're likely going to get from that. And so if the team feels they're good, that their franchise and the administration of it is in, is in good hands. Yeah. That's all we're going to get. And you know. Does the market matter? Like if he goes to the Panthers or the Stars, as opposed to the Rangers or the Leafs. You know, is there less push, right? Less. Yeah, I, I think. I think he ends up if he ends up in Toronto, the the Leaf fan base is going to eat that shit up. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I have zero issue as a Peterborough guy. He's <laughs> he's well. He's just a Central Ontario guy. Yeah. And who's been on teams that have beaten the Leafs? Yes. He's got intangibles. He's got all those things. I'm talking about the on ice yep. component yep. right now. That yeah, we love. I, I always look at in Ottawa here, Mike Fisher never he could never really pop the, you know, score a pile of goals. Yeah. But man, he could four check. He could chip in twenty. Mm-hmm. And as a as a middleweight guy or whatever, if he fought, look out, man. Grab those are the guys that that Canadian hockey fans love. And I'm not saying Perry scoring twenty, but no. he is the guy who's just going to do all the greasy shit. He's going to score clutch goals. I think in Toronto, there's a whole side of that fan base. It's going to be like, no, I need to know, like, going to boom. I think boom, there's a whole gonna... side of that fan base. I don't think that happens at all. You know the fan base better than yeah. I do, but I firmly believe. I do believe the Leafs will look in on this. I do believe they'll. I think he's a Canucks guy all the way. I I kind of think, based on what he's coming off of, he doesn't want. I, I don't know what he wants. Canucks, Oilers? No, I, I don't think he'll play in Canada. I'm getting that from you. Yeah. But to me, it's this is a guy, Dallas. Maybe this is a guy who is going to sign. Dallas seems like a really good fit for a guy like that. To be honest with you, I, who Dallas? This is a guy who's going to sign for the absolute minimum. Yes, right. And you are although he's not been bought out. Like his contract was washed away. Like he, I don't know what he spent. Like maybe he needs a couple bucks. I have no idea. No one's going to give him three million again or whatever. Yeah, I, I no, no, but. four million. I, and this is a guy who's going to sign for the league minimum. I okay. guarantee yeah. you. Okay. Coming off, you got you have the shame. The shame, <laughs> right? You have all this, and he just loves to play the game. Yeah. And so, whatever fan base is going to accept him in, will other fan bases go? Oh yeah. My God, you took that. You guy. took that. I mean, you don't even know what it is. No, we don't have no idea. <laughs> but but that's super suspect. Yeah. You you, you allowed sus, that guy. The kids say. It's sus. It's sus, man. And so to me. But he, he has Riz. <laughs> no cap. No, he's, but that's a guy who's in. Yeah. No problems. Yeah. He is going to be, there will be double digit suitors for him. I believe that's accurate. Uh, before we get out of here, let's talk a little Jays because uh, we want to circle back here just to something we probably overlooked when we were talking about the Anthopolis thing. It's unrelated, but a better host would have uh, would have stacked these things up next to each other. But no, no. And what what it was was we were talking about the Felino thing. Yeah. And 
a million here, a million there, and you're like, what are you paying Start for? Start up to real money. Well, but, <laughs> but what are you paying for, right? When you said, hey, could, could you get that guy as a UFA next year for 1.25? Yeah. I think you probably could. And that's when it comes down to, that's what twigged me back to the, um, to the Vladdy thing. And when we were talking about him, and you brought the, the topic up, right, about the Anthopolis legacy and, yeah. and, and would we be better off with him? And it comes down to, first thing I thought was, I know he was that super complicated Rule 5 signing. Like yeah, he was 16 years old. 16 years old, right? And so I'm like, is that 16 or was it 15? Was was Anthopolis in on that? And so it was, it was 15, I believe, right? Yeah, 2015 signing as a 16-year-old. And so... As it comes down to, and you shot me the, we were talking about, um, and we talked about this many times in the podcast last year. Like I'm a Jays guy. I'm a like almost 40 year Jays fan. And, and last summer for large periods, I felt like I did just disliked my team. Yep. I wasn't happy with the team. I, there wasn't a lot of guys I could get behind and Vladdy's there. He's a guy who you should really be able to get behind, right? Yeah, you of know? course. He's a bit of a sunny disposition and, and he can hopefully. They took away his jacket. Yeah. And his best friends. Yeah. So it, it comes down to the idea of everybody got qualified. Mm-hmm. 11 of the 12 got qualified of the, of the arbitration eligible. Except for that one, one fairly important name. And that's Vladdy. And that's Vladdy. And, and you sent that back to me. I'm like, yeah. I, and because to me now it's followed into the, the hockey season. I am a baseball guy in the summer. I am a hockey guy in the winter. Right. I don't got time for other sports, right? These are my two passions. Mm-hmm. I like Jays. I like hockey. Right. Mostly Senators. Right. And I kind of hate my- What a my, bummer of a calendar I kind of <laughs> hate my hockey team as well, right? Like it's just- Yeah. It's a tough calendar year. Yeah. And it hasn't started out a whole nope. lot better in this calendar year. <laughs> um, but when you're looking at the numbers, right? And and so when the numbers came out, arbitration, that the Jays are offering 18.2 and Vladdy's looking for 19.8 or 19.9, somewhere in that, in that neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about 1.6, $1.7 million difference. And baseball is different than hockey. That's $1.6 million, like... That's nothing. Well, and I was reading a- Find that in the Rogers couch cushions. Yes, exactly. Well, find it in my monthly bill. Underneath uh, Edward Rogers' Mar-a-Lago <laughs> pillow while he's down there. Yes. Um, Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> yes. In there with, you know. Yeah. A whole Andrew, crowd. Whoever yeah. Else yeah. Is, whoever else is in there. Um. And I'm wondering. Sorting through documents in the shower of a. <laughs> right. Right. What happens with that 1.7 million? And you're like, how much? And that's, to, honestly, we're almost talking about 10%. That's not insignificant. Sure. But at what point do you feel, what, what is the, what is the amount that's worthwhile for you to alienate either a future star or a future trade chip? Like, where is the spot? Right. Should they be fighting over $1.6 million with this guy? I think this is an indicate, like we saw last year. Bo, I want a little show me, right? Yeah, you need Bo a was sh- a little, yeah, 
Bo was in this same situation, they know roughly for the next three years at that point what Bo can ask for in arbitration. They just lock him up through that. We'll give you sort of the halfway point between each of us for the next three years, and Bo said, fine. Vladdy didn't want to do that. Now, it's possible by the time this hearing comes around that they do do that over the next two years because that's what Vladdy has And that has may left. be mid-February before yeah, that comes yeah, up. Yeah, that's right. So you could see that. But I do think there's a bit of a message being sent here that not only was Vladdy not good enough offensively last year, he went from gold glove first baseman to one of the worst first basemen, certainly in the American League. Yep. And that that's an effort thing. Like those are, those skills don't just disappear. Your desire to do anything with them is what disappears. And so he's hugging guys at first base. He's getting picked off at second during big moments of playoff games. He's running the bases like shit. It was a bad year for Vladdy. And so I normally would at $1.6 million between the two to just not piss him off, to just keep him happy and keep him talking. $1.6 million between. Uh, what did I say? $6 million. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. $1.6 million between them. I would just pay it to maintain the relationship and keep everybody happy while we talk about what the long term is going to look like here. But I don't necessarily blame this group for going, you didn't. Show, like you said, show me something. Like you, you didn't earn that last year. I don't believe you deserve quite the same raise you think you do. And I don't think that they're wrong for taking that stance. They might turn out to be wrong in terms of how they impact the relationship, but in terms of evaluating what he did and what he might have earned in terms of a raise, I don't know that he earned a raise at all last year. He gets one because that's how arbitration works, but. Yeah, and it's it's super interesting because I was I was reading an article that was citing exactly this. And uh Michael King. Yeah. Um and he was he was citing and what he was using almost exclusively was the 2021. Yeah, well. Let me try that again. The 2021 Vladdy stats. Would love to see those those stats again. Right, with his over 1,000 OPS and and all that sort of stuff. And you're like, 48 home runs. Runner up for the MVP. And you're like, bam. Here we go. And you're saying, do you want to? Now, if he had those stats last year, that guy's getting paid $35 million a year. Like, let's not even, let's not discuss this 17.2. He's doubling. He's doubling that. That's right. So I think what it comes down to is, A, I find that to be faulty, you know. Yeah, that might be the greatest year he ever has. For sure. And it's unfortunate for everybody because it set us up with that. Because that was kind of the expectations we had with him coming up, right? Oh, man. All those videos of him belting stuff out of the park in AAA or AA. In Pawtucket or whatever he is, right? And he's hitting them out of the- Denting hoods in the parking lot. (laughs) Right. And then when he comes up and in his first full year or second full year, whatever that was, yeah, you're like, that's what we we expected. Yeah. And so the standard was not only set super high, it was met. Yep. And you're like, that's the thing. That's what we're looking that's, for. We, that's, we need that from you every year now. And that is- That's a tough goal, man. And, and we're not talking Brady Anderson kind of stuff yet, <laughs> but we are talking about a little regression, Yeah. right? And so if you look at what he put up the past two seasons, it's a far cry from that. Mm-hmm. It's 75% of that. Yeah. 
Still a good hitter. Still a good hitter. And so you go, is that worth $18 million, $20 million? Probably. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. And that's all I'm saying is I'm not sure I want to get into a pissing match with Vladdy on that, on right. that extra 1.5. And I understand I am so, as somebody who watched 160 games last year, yep. I am so in the show me. You need to prove which one you are. Are you 2023 Vladdy? Are you 2021 Vladdy? I remember saying after 2022, that same thing. Are you 2021 <clears throat> or 2022? Now we've had 2023, which was much closer to 2022. Yeah. And you go, well, one sample size is way bigger than the other, uh, which is sucks to say, but maybe that, maybe 2021 was the outlier. Co- correct. Yeah. Correct. And if, if he comes up to be a 280 hitter mm-hmm. with 30 home runs, and if he can passable if, defensive, if, if he can get back to not being a gold glover, but being in the top, you know, five, five? Yeah. yeah, American League, yeah. American League, top third. That's all we're asking you, top third. Then you go, I, I want to pay that guy 20 million bucks. Yeah. Now, maybe he's not going to be my two, three hitter. Right. Maybe he is a five guy, whatever. I'm just sure. saying, yeah, yeah. He is, he is suffering from. This is the big thing with trying to do the long-term contract, which is going to have to come up by next winter. Like you're going to have to be working on that. And the range of outcomes is so big. You, you don't know what you have. Like if he comes out and 2024 looks closer to 2021, even if it doesn't quite get there, you don't have two years at elite and two years at really good. And he's 25 or 26 years old. Yeah. How do you, how do you make that happen? How do you agree on a contract. He's going to come back to you and say what Pedersen and Nylander just said. This is me. Pay me, motherfucker. And yeah, are you, you're probably just going to have to do it. But and he's one of those guys sort of like Willie where you're like, part of this is effort with you, right? Like, yeah. Well, and the two of them, mercurial, yeah. I think is the word that gets often yeah. mentioned with the two, right? Is what happens, and I haven't I haven't been on with you since the Nylander signing, but what do we get? Yeah, does he take his foot off the gas going, I'm good. This <laughs> is this is the finish line or this is the starting line. Right. And and that is what happens with Vladdy as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Is is I'm gonna give the guy I'm gonna give him your twenty million bucks this year. Yeah. He feels comfortable, he feels wanted, he feels agreed to, and he shows up and he is 290, 35 homers. Yeah. 100 RBIs, yep. 900 OPS, yep. and you go, okay, man, 30 million bucks a year for yeah. eight years, Ever. whatever it is. <laughs> and then you go, now I'm now I'm going to regress to a 275, right. 25. Got the money. Hey, hey I got you know what got away? Don't yeah. you worry. It's take the money Say and run. That's so we're going in two different directions. Yeah, here. way different. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that is the thing is, but in my opinion- if you want to get to the thirty million, I think you got to go with the twenty million. Yeah, just pay him this winter. Pay him the one point seven more than you're willing to pay him. Yeah, and hope hopefully that he comes back feeling ready to go and and accepted and loved. Not hey, paid. those Instagram photos. He's apparently working really hard. Every year I see those. Man. Best shape of my life. Yeah, and and really just a little a little. Elevation on that on that ball, that's all I'm asking for. Yeah. 
Enough can, worm burners. Uh, enough of the double plays. Enough of leading the majors in double plays hit into. Yeah. We'll have lots more on the Jays later in the week when Nick Ashbourne's here. That's going to be great. Uh, haven't spoken to him in a few months, so uh, we'll look forward to Hopefully chatting Hopefully on a couple of good beers. Yes. Okay. Uh, sp- uh, speaking of which, mm-hmm. you said next Saturday, Hot Cross Buns will be in here? No, no. Uh, the, the UFC card is next Saturday, so... The Bunda show will be uh, this week, teeing up that card and some NFL. I think he's going to be uh, on the show Wednesday morning. Okay. How much are you willing to pay for a case of Bud Light? Yeah, not much. Not much. How much do you think a case of Bud Light costs? 24 cans or bottles? Yes, 24 I, tall boys? I, 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 no, I, I, no. 24 355 cans? 24 355 cans. I bet at this point it's 45 bucks. Man, I'm hearing the Dana White ad saying 297. We're back in Canada for the first time in five years. Bud Light, it's the first because they're back now. As I'm going home to drink some Coors Light to climb on top of my wife because Bud Light (laughs) ain't paying me shit. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Anyways. Yeah, I don't know where we're going. (laughs) Three bucks off Bud Light. Okay. Three bucks off of 24. Now on for forty six ninety nine. Yeah, that's about right. Fifty bucks, fifty bucks. <laughs> More than two bucks. A Are can. you kidding me? Little can of bud. Fuck off. Thank you, Matt. You've taken the words right out of my mouth. We will have much better beer than that when Bund is in here because he has not yet picked up his Lake Bays pack that Angela brought before Christmas. Oh, and you know what? A shout out to Angela. Thank yeah. you again because yeah. I took some of those Lake Bays. Down to my little uh, festive outing last weekend and um, was actually uh, a couple of people who were very receptive to the Juicy Light. Nice, yes. It's a nice beer. And so so they were loving it. I personally go in for Juicy heavy. Yeah, juicy (laughs) heavy. Exactly. (laughs) But um, very much appreciated and well received around. I got to share it around and and people were liking it. There you go. So Bunda's going to pick his up. We'll uh, obviously try some of those. He'll love uh, those two beers that I left for for him. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we've been maybe digging through his pack just a little bit. Anyway, uh, we'll have Bunda get into that when he's here on Wednesday morning. Nick Ashbourne, Thursday. We're going to try and touch base with Lever Sage over in Italy again this week. Yes. Uh, It's going to be a good week around the podcast, so stick around. For Rob Christie, my name is Matt Robinson, and we will see you next time. See ya! We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun, but now the time has come to go. If this Silcom was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time! (laughs) Ugh.